0: When we forgive, we are doing it from a heart-centered perspective. We are doing it from a place that we say, and this is one of the foundational concepts of my practices, people are doing the best they can with the resources they have at the time.
1: Hello and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We are here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. And I am your host, Jeff Ma. It's great to be here as always, where I get to have conversations and meet people who practice these things in real life and have lived these things in their lives. And my guest today is Vani Rao. Vani has had a career that has spanned through education, project management, D&I work, and oil and gas for quite some time. But today she is an executive coach at VTK Consulting LLC where she specializes in helping with mental and emotional release. and I have a lot of questions for. Her. So, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show, Vonnie. How are you today?
0: I'm great, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, mental and emotional release is kind of a, a an earful. So, yeah, yeah. I, actually, well, I, I think what we have in common is we're both doing work from the heart.
1: There we go, absolutely. And Vonnie, one of the pillars that we have here at Love Is a Ministry, one of our main tenants is what we simply call forgiveness, right? And. Yes. It can be a complex and difficult thing to truly understand and achieve for people. And everyone's had a different approach or different philosophies around it. So I'm really looking forward to learning from your perspective and your experience today around forgiveness and understanding the approach that you take in it. But before we begin, I first want to hear about you. I want to hear about your story. I want to hear about um, what brought you, because I listed, you know, your career through oil and gas and all these things, uh, but what brought you here today? Now talking about forgiveness with me today, like what got you here?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting, right? Because you talked about my journey, and that's what brought me to who I am. So I think the um, the two liner is I built a career out of leading from my head. I did all of the stuff that we talk about is the good Asian immigrant story right? Went off, got an MBA, worked in oil and gas, did consulting. I was really, really good at solving complex business problems from a fault perspective. Mm. That makes sense, right? Finding flaws, correcting them. And what I found is the deeper and deeper I got into my corporate work, the more uh, unsatisfied I was. I found there was a piece of me that I was leaving behind, and I am a very compassionate, thoughtful person, and I tended to put that on the shelf. I After people saw that I was intelligent and could solve problems is when I would show you my heart because I didn't want you to look down on me. And in the last, I'd say five to seven years, I had things systematically fall apart around me, physically, from my career, you know, major surgeries, uh, had a marriage fall apart. And through all of these, I was like, hmm, my desk job isn't bringing me any kind of comfort. So I started going to Hawaii to study the Hawaiian healing arts with my teachers, Dr. Matt James and Dr. Patrick Scott. And what I found is these are leaders who are uber intellectual, right, both PhDs, And both start everything with, we're leaders from the heart. And I just kind of looked and like, you know, the first time you hear that and you've been working in corporate America, you go, what a crock. Leading from the heart, they must not be that bright, right? And I started learning that your heart is actually much smarter than your head. And I got comfortable with, I can turn down mental processes and actually listen to my gut and listen to my heart, which meant Going around and telling people the mistakes I've made, being vulnerable, asking for forgiveness. So, like all of these chapters in your book, when I was reading them, I was just I was chuckling because I said, "Huh, looks like they caught a, a caught a part of my story too." Because I was so busy being a badass that I'd forgotten how to be human. And so, in the last couple of years, that's what I've been practicing is heart-centered healing. I help people let go of negative emotions at both, you know, the mental level, rational processes, and at the emotional level, things that hold them back from being their true authentic selves and having the best experience of their lives wherever they are. Does that help?
1: Absolutely. And those are some pretty bold and powerful things you're saying here of being able to release and let go and become you know live their best lives and all these things that um, uh-huh. um i think many skeptics would kind of hear that story and not be able to see themselves in it right i think many Absolutely. of us we we do work from a blame centric kind of fault centric um work environment so let's start from scratch i guess then let's start from sure. that point where sure where do we start um whether you want to talk about mindsets or if there's tangible steps where do we go when we start from a place of hey you know let's just call it the average or typical corporate uh environment right now Um, not just not to generalize all of them but but we, we we have a saying of we want to bring humanity back to the workplace and we use the word back intentionally implying that it's not all there and so Nor was it, nor
0: was it completely missing.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right.
0: It it has been there because we did build community in the workplace.
1: Agreed. Yes.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So where does that, where does that leader or that person or that environment, where do we start when we're, that's what, that's our starting point. Where do we go?
0: Yeah. So I think the tough part is, you know, if you get folks who, live in what we call the mental body the intellectual space right we we tend to struggle with terms like servant leadership and you know you, you all talk about it so beautifully in the book about what it takes to be vulnerable and you know show up and be okay with not being perfect so let's put that aside because servant leadership is a complex topic mm-hmm. a growth mindset right what dweck talks about in her book You know whether you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. Sometimes, you know, I tried that term in one of my jobs, and I had a senior vice president look at me and go, "Bonnie, that's so naive. There are only so many jobs." So, you know, clearly in his world, there was a zero-sum relationship. For me to succeed, somebody has to fail. So, you know, there's only so much that a middle manager is going to go look up to somebody and go, "Can we stop for a second? Let me talk to you about, you know." An abundance mindset and growth. And, you know, because he'd have been like, get out of my office. And he was pretty close too, right? Because he'd already decided life was a zero sum game. So for me, one of the easiest places to start is with forgiveness. Because forgiveness is about you, it's actually not about the person you're forgiving, it's about releasing those energies that hold you back. And the way that we like to describe it uh, in Hawaii is, You know, we tend to carry around black bags. And you know, like Muhammad, I travel to India all the time, and my suitcases are large enough to carry bodies. Right. (laughs) And sometimes we carry around our negative emotions like those black bags. And when you've been sitting around, right, and you're you're carrying them on your shoulder, you don't actually realize how heavy your load is until you actually put it down. Hmm. Forgiveness allows you to put down that luggage you've been carrying around. Because when we talk about forgiveness, we're talking about things that we hold on. And I'll tell you the previous Fannie from five years ago, if like Jeff, suppose you and I were friends in the seventies, if you were alive back then, but you know, back in the seventies, if you had wronged me and we started talking today and for whatever reason, right, you, you served me cold tea. I would be like, well, Jeff, don't you remember in 1973? And I would have started from then to whatever was happening in the moment, being present in the moment. And yeah. what forgiveness allows you to do is come to this moment so that I could actually look at you and go, you know, hey, look, just in the off chance that you, like, you thought I liked cold tea, could you go warm it up? And I don't start at 1973. Because a lot of people, when they are carrying you through their pain, they start at that root, they start at that source, that they've been holding on like this very heavy India suitcase. And so forgiveness is primarily about, hey, can I help you put that suitcase down? I mean, so if you think about it in a corporate setting, right, it's very tangible. You're carrying something heavy that doesn't serve a purpose. If you're going to go run a race, wouldn't you like to run it without carrying a heavy suitcase? If you're going to go solve a problem, wouldn't you like to do it when your head is clear, when you're, you know, when your system is running optimally. So all of the types of business language that I had come to, you know, be very familiar with, I just translated into forgiveness and said, wow, yeah, when I put that black back down, all of a sudden I felt lighter, right? And I can actually, you know, if we go back to that simple example of, you know, you and I having some tea, I actually get to be present with you in the moment, right? And isn't that the whole you know, buzz right now with mindfulness is, can you be present in the moment? And can we focus on what you're doing right now to move forward, to move forward as an individual, to move forward as, you know, a a team, if you and I were working together, and then how are we looking to move the enterprise forward? Because at the end of the day, I am a classically trained MBA, and I love creating value whether you create value for an individual or whether you create value for an enterprise, I was always looking at, how do we become more profitable? And if we're talking about spiritually profitable, wouldn't you want to walk around with a finely tuned instrument called your human body? It's a, it's a, it's a thought, right?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, it makes a metric ton of sense.
0: (laughs) If you like metrics, right? If you like metrics, Um, it's, it's a, it's a visual that is, is easy to put your arms around.
1: Yes. How do,
0: okay. I I thought I heard a butt.
1: Yeah. How do we, I I didn't say, but, but (laughs) I didn't say, but, but um, help me get to the next step. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I, I am someone who 100% is with you on forgiveness is for the, for yourself, like being able to forgive, frees you from the burden and the pain and the suffering. But when you look at um, the kind of average interaction, I guess, workplace or not, just human mm-hmm. interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wrong me, Vani, if you serve me cold tea, if you will. Um,
0: Which, you know, in our culture is kind of a cardinal sin, so I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, I am, like, forgiving you would be so advantageous for me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Help me. I think most people would be, and I, I am a lot of times, is that I am waiting or needing an apology from you while the forgiveness is for me to 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 free me um it's transactional right like i feel like even if i tell you hey you've upset me you've hurt me and if your attitude is like uh ah, well yeah yeah it is what it is um yeah. i am still in 1973 right i will still be living in the moment that you have not expressed remorse for how so how do we get from this point to uh, I guess freeing ourselves from it
0: yeah so so a couple of really complex things and I'll I'll try to unpack it a little bit is that when we're looking for something outside of ourselves that's the wrong focus And, and again that's probably the topic of a much larger discussion but you know forgiveness is about looking inward as opposed to looking externally so the I'm looking for you know you to suffer, you to give me an apology, for you to be, you know, on bended knee going, please forgive me this, you know, you are holier than thou. That is a focus that says externally is where I'm looking for either my positive emotions or source of power. And what we learn and what I teach is your greatest power actually comes from within and so when someone wrongs you recognizing that you forgive them is an attribute of the strong and that's what you know mahatma gandhi actually you know said years ago forgiveness is an attribute of the strong the weak cannot forgive and so if you know we want to say in a workplace we're always talking about you know strength and showing up uh, forceful and assertive with you know all those positive characteristics forgiveness is actually an attribute of the strong because I'm not actually looking for anything. I'm looking, you know, figuratively, put to put the suitcase down. I actually don't need your interaction to put it down. I, I think an example might be helpful, would you say? Sure. So uh, I was in um, you know one of my corporate settings a few years ago and one of my mentees came up to me and she was carrying along, carrying around a lot of pain and you could see it. And, and one of the things that cracks me up, especially now is the way that we tend to think that there's a part of us we leave at home when we come to the office and there's a part of us that we leave at the office when we come home. And we're just one single vessel, right? I mean, that's why it's so important when we say bringing your authentic self. It's like there's a part of me that I lock in the closet and then come to the office. And this woman had a history of drug abuse with a a parent in her family. And she was really, really struggling because, you know, as a as a young woman, she loved her mom and she knew her mom was going to take advantage of her. And her mom had reappeared in her life after being gone for a while. And that burden was on her and I could see it in the office. And I was like, all right, come into my office. Let's close the door. This is where you're going to tell me what's going on. And I don't care where it's occurring. Cause she's like, it's not office related. And I was like, again, I don't care. I need to know what's holding you back. So we ended up talking, she's crying. And she says, my mom's back in my life and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, I have this this exercise, it's called forgiveness. And she was like, I have nothing to forgive. And I was like, so this exercise called forgiveness. And we actually went through the exercise because what had happened is over the years, she was carrying all of that pain as a little girl being neglected by her mom going through this. I promise I'm going to change and then I'm going to take everything from you. And in that process, she had sent a lot of negative energy out of her system. For that, she needed to forgive her mom, and in her mind, she needed to ask for forgiveness because that love she felt for mom was coming through a lens of pain, fear, guilt, you know, uh, unmet expectations. So we got through it, and I said, and that's the first part. So you know like in your book when you all talk about forgiveness requires action? Mm-hmm. Just go lateral. What we say is forgiveness requires setting boundaries. So once we had gone through forgiveness, what I told her is, you haven't set boundaries to protect yourself that you enforce with love. So what's that look like? Hey, mom, I love you, and we are going to meet with each other in these circumstances. No, I'm not going to give you money. No, I'm not going to allow you to live with me, right? Boundaries that you set and you enforce with love. I love you, mom, and this is my boundary. And so that's why I say forgiveness is a process that that really focuses on your internal locus of control. She's the one who does the exercise because she's the one who has to put down the luggage and then to make sure she doesn't pick it up again, she sets up boundaries that she enforces with love as opposed to the way that we traditionally do it, right? Whether it's western society or eastern society, you're never gonna XYZ I'm never going to let this person take advantage of me again. That is setting a boundary that you enforce with force or with charge with an emotional charge, which is, by the way, also unhealthy. Does that make sense? It does. So in a work setting, right? if that if something were to happen, it's like you have that conversation, you do forgiveness, right? It happened when I was you know pushed out of a job. My manager's manager pushed me out of a job, and or my manager did. And as I was leaving the organization, the manager's manager, right, two levels above me said, you know, Vonnie, I wish there was something we could have done differently. Now, I had done forgiveness the night before because I knew I was leaving. And I looked at him and I said, I wish you would have made different choices too. Because there are things you could have done differently that we would have had a different result. And he just kind of looked at me and he goes, and I said, and don't worry, I've done my forgiveness. So I bear no ill will. Right. It didn't change the fact that there was some crappy stuff going on. And I just said it and just in this tone of voice. Right. I wish there were things that you had done differently, too. And I said, I did my forgiveness work, so I'm good And he goes, is there anything for me to do? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, that's up to you. My forgiveness doesn't require my interaction with you for forgiveness. So I wish you well. And I was able to walk out of the organization with my head held high instead of, you know oh my gosh you guys are going to see me or you know what it was just no i wish you well and this was a rotten situation and by the way i'm going to point it out to you in a normal tone of voice cuz i've done my work
1: so you've mentioned kind of doing your forgiveness uh uh-huh. um, help help me help me understand what i guess forgiveness looks like maybe like the before and after because I think it's, and this is speaking from experience, from people in my life, and speaking from things that I've seen. That I've often people who kind of feel like they get it um, will come out of situations and say things like, "Oh, I've I've made my peace. I hold no ill will towards you. I for I have forgiven you," but you know, it's their the actions or their 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 mindsets and behaviors kind of say otherwise whereas right. it's it's almost like it's almost used more like a uh, almost a like an excuse or like a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a just a mechanism to get through that um kind of space and, and i say that just from experience i'm not saying that's the con like the most common thing but I, I use that because i want to understand better what traits feelings or states do we get in that truly represent forgiveness like when you reach a state of forgiveness um because then some might some might say that like true forgiveness is you know complete i'm not saying this is right or wrong i'm just saying like they might define it as true forgiveness is complete kind of reset whereas this person can you know you can start over with the person and and start from a blank slate and trust the Open to trusting them again. Others might say, "No, it's just not holding any, you know, bad feelings towards them." Like I, f- I feel like there's just so much gray area in mm-hmm. what can be defined as you have officially been forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's not that simple, but um, I'm curious your definition and your 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 stance on that.
0: So, so the definition. So I would say that. Uh, Forgiveness in context is extremely important, right? So somebody who has served you cold tea versus somebody who has abused you, right? Two different contexts. So I would say that, you know, let's take the context out of it and let's just talk about it in terms of pure concept. Forgiveness is, it's operating from a place of love which means there is a certain energy, a frequency of a positive emotion versus a negative emotion. And and I just want you to like simplify it in terms of, you know, like when we see someone we love, whether it's a a dog, a cat or a child or a parent, you know, there's a certain feeling that we have of lightness and, you know, that you want to be around them. And then a certain sadness that we feel like when we're at a funeral or something sad has happened or tragic has happened and we, we feel heavy or negative. So forgiveness is about moving towards a higher frequency, a higher level of energy, which by the way, love is one of those highest levels. When we forgive, we are doing it from a heart-centered perspective. We are doing it from a place that we say, and this is one of the foundational concepts of my practices, people are doing the best they can with the resources they have at the time. Makes sense, right? People are doing the best they can with the resources they have at that time. So when you tend to do something sucky, right, and I'm just going to use this, you know, very simple of example, like the, you know, let's say tea, right, because it's so innocuous. You serve me cold tea. There's a part of me that, you know, will look at you and if you say, hey, Vani, you know, my electric tea kettle was acting up and the water only gets lukewarm. You were doing the best you could with the resources you have at that time. I might look at you and go, "Jeff, my friend, can I buy you a new tea kettle?" Right? That was the best you could do. I'm doing it from a heart-centered perspective on a higher frequency of love. Now, if we jumped over to someone who has hurt you, right, relationship um, or otherwise, um, or even in a in a corporate setting, right, where it may be. Uh, some somebody who is showing abusive behavior, this is where setting up the appropriate boundaries is so important. So you can't do one without the other. It means that you now take control for what is acceptable within your energy field. So for somebody who has hurt you, and let's just you know take an example of you know out in the schoolyard or you know with um, any form of the traditional abuse that we hear, it's making sure that you say I forgive them because I'm not carrying that baggage around with me because for whatever reason, right? And this is where we hear traditional therapies say, do you know their background? Perhaps they too were abused. Perhaps they too were hurt. Perhaps they were uh, operating from a suboptimal position. That's where the forgiveness comes in because it's like saying they were doing the best they could with the resources they had at the time does not mean that you have permission to abuse me. I forgive you, right? I do it from a heart centered place. And then I I set up boundaries that protect myself that say this will not happen from today moving forward. Make sense? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's such an important way to tie it to the workplace, right? Because Mm -hmm. obviously the workplace, many things can happen. All the extremes can happen. Um, but oftentimes workplace unforgiveness is centered around more, um, smaller things, death by a thousand cuts. cuts—and Absolutely. Like, um, right. Left All left those
0: left little microaggressions we talk about.
1: Uh, yes.
0: Yes. And, and, so, I, and I love I the think, term, by the way, unforgiveness that y'all use, because it cracked me up, right? It's like unforgiveness. Oh, I guess that's the thing. Yeah, of course it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, I think that's that's to me the key connection when you said, you know, people are doing the best they can with the resources yes. they have and and the way and the way we define that essentially is just understanding the difference between intent and and impact, right? Correct. I think people's actions will have impacts and that's real. That's yeah. that what happens. How you feel is a real thing, how it impacts you is a real thing, but I think If you slap me often, there's still
0: going to be a bruise regardless of right, what you but, meant.
1: Right? Yeah, even if there was a fly on my face and your intent <laughs> was to help help, help me out. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we too many people, my view is that too many people stop like right there at the yes. impact. And yes. they don't pause to consider the intent or be open-minded to other ways that intent might have been interpreted or placed in the space. And so, to, you know, some people summarize that as just misunderstandings. Um, but it's yeah. it's often more complex than that, right? And it's nuanced in our mannerisms, our behaviors, and all these things. And it's just this it's this huge convoluted thing that um, is much easier in a workplace to um, smile and get through and mm-hmm. and ignore and move on and maintain the peace um, around each other than it is to address directly and say, "Hey, the way you talk to me makes me, you know, feel uncomfortable every time." Um, yeah. And so so it's all really interconnected and I love the way you framed um, forgiveness because it, it really resonates with something that I think if people really um, applied to their thinking and their mindset um, with whoever, whomever and whatever is going on um, in their workplace, I think there's a lot to be gained. I feel like there's a lot of introspection and, and um, moments of clarity that can be had with this way of thinking.
0: Yeah. And if you do it, if you do it the way, you know, again, that the classical forgiveness, the the way that it works best, right. To put down those black bags is the focus is entirely on you. Right. What can I do better? What can I do differently? How can I understand? How can I communicate? It's, it's the right to me, it's the right use of I, And then when you're looking for what do you do differently moving forward, that's when you talk about we, Mm -hmm. right? The blame is, you know, not blame, but the uh, understanding is who am I? What can I do better or differently? And then how do we move forward?
1: I love that more than I can express. It is. Oh, I'm so glad. uh, Yeah, it's 100% like um as you know in the book that is one of the main things that is missing right and Mm -hmm. like too much of it is oh we have culture problems we have these problems so let's go straight to the processes let's go straight to the rules that we set and not enough time is spent on each individual personal mindset each individual person's journey of their own introspection right and so to, to hear you just so succinctly say it's all contained within you. The solution and everything is there. Yeah. Um, is and by the way, important. so is the problem.
0: <laughs> right? it, it is yeah. because whenever somebody comes and talks to me, so, you know, I was, I was uh, counseling a, a college person and, you know, she was like, auntie, I want to tell you what's wrong with my roommate. And she proceeded to list a whole bunch of stuff that was wrong. And I was like, my goodness, that must be so hard. And I took each situation and then I turned around and I said, so what is your problem with yourself? And she just was like, what? And I was like, because whatever you're pointing outside is actually what's going on inside of you. And I said, so why don't we let that go? Because the problem's not your roommate, it's you. And of course, she, you know, she started crying and she was like, oh my God, I didn't realize it. I was like, that's okay. That's why I'm auntie and you're coming to me. Because we always look inside for the problem and we look inside for the solution. So when you adjust you, everything outside of you looks different. When you clean your windshield, amazingly, the world outside looks clearer. But we don't go around, you know, trying to clean other people's windshield when ours is dirty, Mm. if that makes sense.
1: It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So it sounds like, um, you make a lot of people cry that sounds. Oh cool. yeah, I do. Um, and I so love it because
0: that's release.
1: <laughs> yeah. If, um, if our listeners are looking for a good cry, yeah. how do you, how, how might they find you or reach you to, to continue this conversation or learn from you?
0: So why dot So yeah, as part of my coaching practice, I mean, you know, all kidding aside, whenever we release negative emotion we feel better so mm-hmm. for me it's like when people let go of the stuff that holds them back it makes me happy so yeah why com. you know whatever i can do in whatever setting you know for me working with the whole person is what's most important whether it's through career or relationship or family or their spirit or personal development we are a single container, and that container deserves every opportunity to vibrate at the highest frequency.
1: I love it. Thank you so much today for this perspective, this journey, this conversation through forgiveness. It's given me a lot to think about as well, and so I'm excited to kind of like go practice some of these things with the the unforgiveness that still exists in my life um, that we all have. But that we um, all have. I, I really, yeah, and I appreciate. I just really appreciate your time today.
0: Great, thank you, Jeff. And one thing too, if it would be helpful, uh, my teacher, Dr. Matt James, offers a seven-minute like guided meditation on how to do forgiveness, and it's a free resource. If there's, you know, if anybody's interested in that, I don't know how we make it available, but it's a very quick way to just run through forgiveness and make it a part of your regular practice.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. I think we'll be able to put that in the show notes. So Perfect. hopefully, people are finding that in the show notes as they listen, and that'll be a great resource. So. Appreciate that.
0: Cool. And you know what? Thank you for letting me sit and talk about heart-centered work because you're right. This is something that we need to do more of.
1: Agreed. 100%. So uh, with that, thank you, Vani, again. And thank you to our listeners. And we really appreciate you tuning in. Um, I'll always pitch our book, Love is a Business Strategy. Still out there. Still um, killing it. It's great. Uh, Subscribe. Rate our podcast. uh, Tell a friend. Um, leave us a review on the book, on the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. And with that, if,
0: if I can say, Jeff, as one of your fans, it is an extremely easy read. It is pragmatic. It is, it is something that every business leader should read.
1: I really appreciate that endorsement. Yeah, we I, I like that you said hey, um, you're talking about how, you know, you'd like to work with the whole person. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, that really resonates with me because like we we wrote a business book that and you read it. It's yeah. maybe 15 percent talks about truly business, <laughs> maybe like maybe less. Yeah. Uh, it's more the story behind it. And that's I'm, so I'm well, with you. 100%. And.
0: And. And your vulnerabilities, because y'all stories had me cracking up because I was like, who gave them this kind of advice to be that vulnerable in a book that was going to be, you know, rated by the Wall Street Journal? I mean, you know, like just some of the stories about how your mistakes formed the center of your work are just hilarious. And I'm glad you didn't listen to traditional pundits who would be like, no, no, please don't highlight your mistakes in every single chapter, which is kind of what y'all did.
1: Yeah, we 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 had very few stories of things going right. For yeah. Sure. But, so but, yes, but...
0: that's what I'm saying is you got to read it because it really shows that being vulnerable is real and it's strong.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Bonnie, And uh, we will see everybody next week. We're signing off. I'm good.